Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionizing the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by Chantal Valet. Hey Chantal, how are you? I'm awesome, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. So Chantal is a friend of my sister's and she's the owner of DV Nutrition, which is an awesome smoothie bar in Melbourne, which we'll get into a bit later and has been sober for 4 years. So I've been having a look at your Instagram and just sort of looking at what you and you just seem so inspiring and I thought, yes, I have to get this person on the podcast to share her story. So thank you. Thank you for having me on, Danny. It's awesome to share this. So I guess my journey- started really like most like young teenagers um having a few drinks when i was quite young like uh, i think i was 14 when i first actually got drunk so it was at one of our local festivals and my parents were not drinkers at all so um you know i think like a lot of teenagers you just sort of get around a group of friends they've got some alcohol and i remember getting completely smashed when i was about 14 but I think it really started to like I started to drink more when I was hanging around with older people at high school and they'd have lots of gatherings at their places and I had a friend's a best friend of mine whose mum would always buy us like you know four packs of like UDLs and stuff like my parents no way in hell would they buy me alcohol underage but I knew their the parents that would do it so 
Oh yeah. my God. Isn't that freaky? <laughs> like those parents and like, I'm so paranoid. Like my daughter's 12 yeah, and I'm thinking, shit, I wasn't much older than her. And a lot of the people that I have on this podcast, they're like 12, 13 or 14 when they started drinking. Yeah. And often that thing that the, the parents have bought them alcohol and like, oh my God. And like my mum got my friend Lyndall pissed the first time and Lyndall's <laughs> been on this podcast a few times in AA yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got to blame well. my mum for that. But yeah, that's pretty freaky, isn't it? You think, oh my God. I know. It's funny. I actually came up today. I was with my dad today and we brought that up and he goes, it was, I was at DV and it came up in conversation with one of the customers, funnily enough. And uh, he was like, absolutely no way was I ever going to buy my kids alcohol underage though. I didn't want them to know because he came from quite a, like his, both of his parents were alcoholics. So he was very like, no chance. So I remember that. But yeah, I mean, we just knew the parents to go to. So uh, it was pretty easy. But <laughs> I mean, but the, the, the funny thing is about that though, is because once I sort of got to 17, almost 18, I remember going on a, a houseboat like, trip on the Murray River with the whole family. And it was like the first time my parents had actually seen me drunk. How so old were you? Uh, I was 17, almost 18. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I remember mum was mortified. She was saying that's disgusting, but I just drank anyway. And I mean, it it was sort of just, we were all doing it. There was other people like kids there my age as well. So, but then from there, once I turned 18, it's like, that was just the the culture that I was a part of. We were going out on weekends, we were getting drunk and all that. And over that time, it was funny. I mean, I say funny, but it's not really my parents started to like, it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. So like over the years, like they became so much more into alcohol. And I always say to my brother and sister, like it's probably because we were the drinkers and they became like part of it. Like they were like our, our family holidays were big drunken fests and (laughs) just We did that to them. Influencing the parents. I know, I know. And then, anyway, whatever. But yeah, that's kind of how it how it went. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess through my twenties, I was just uh, with a lot of party people. So we every weekend was drinking, taking party drugs, just like it was normal. Mm. And I was um, an emergency nurse, so I was nursing, um, you know, so that culture and being around other nurses, you know, a lot of us would go out and drink because you're exposed to so much stuff as a nurse, especially in emergency. So it was just the culture of nursing to sort of let's go out and just get pissed, you know, or I mean, yeah. I've heard that about the nurses, like (laughs) often nurses go out and there's like quite a big party culture in it in, is, yeah. Profession. Yeah. So we're always organized. I mean, there was if we had a chance to catch up and do something socially, it'd be like a winery tour, or we'd go to the pub or do a pub crawl, or it was always everything was always based around alcohol. Yeah. Wow. And I remember my actual routine of the week would be, you know, come Friday and I would be at Dan Murphy's with my trolley loading up ready for the ready for the weekend and that was like a regular Friday thing and I'd be I remember I'd be taste testing the wines while I was there I was you know deciding what I was going to have like that was part of my week 
and I used to get really excited about it and the weekend would come and it was just like, you know, drunk Friday night, hopefully not too drunk, so then I could back it up again Saturday night. How about Sunday? Yeah, Sunday was never great. I'd always, <laughs> I'd always uh, with my, my nursing, I would organise it so I had Sunday, Monday off as part oh. of my shifts, yeah. So that was, that was the cycle. Uh, so, yeah, Sunday was terrible. Um, in, in the beginning, it, it was just no problem. It is what it is. But then over the years, you start to sort of feel so bad on the Sunday. And, I mean, I just would look at the, the night before and, and realise like how wasted I was and, and all the little things that would really embarrass me would just like come to light and I would just sit there so ashamed of the things that I'd say to people like um you know how flirty I was like if I was all over someone like all of those like drunken antics that might happen and mind you I got married at 22 so I was so my husband and I like we would kind of go out but I was the drunken one so most of the time he would go home at a reasonable hour and I'd be like, I ain't coming home. I'm staying out. How, how could you even think that I'd be coming home right now? And I'd stay out and I could roll in at five o'clock in the morning. So oh, out and on the flirt. Just out and drunk. So yeah, depending who I was with, like who knows what was going on, but it was not great. So yeah, yeah. that's what, oh God. And it's like, you know, I hear this all the time, you know, that that's, it's all fun and games at first, but then it starts to sort of creep up on you. And then you start to get embarrassed and realize that you're kind of acting in ways that, oh, it doesn't make you feel so good the next day, let, you know, not just physically, but how you're feeling about your behavior and mm. things the night before. So when did it sort of, when did you start to think, okay, I've got to do something about this? Or when did you start to question it? Um, I feel like that there was a point in time there where I was having wine every night of the week. So it wasn't just the weekends and it just became part of my weekly ritual that uh, I would be making dinner, cooking dinner, and I would have a glass of wine, which then would become a second glass. And it was like, I was chasing that wine buzz Mm. and then end up going to bed like, like pissy. And, you know, I'd be telling myself these stories that it's okay and it's fun and whatever. And it, but I remember that went on for a while. And I started to get back into some more exercise and stuff. I think I just slowly realized that I did not want to be that person that was drinking wine every night. Mm. And I mean, I'd see this stuff in, in the hospital, like as a, a nurse in emergency, like one of the most the diseases that, you know, causes so many problems in people's lives. Like you've got your, your drug addicts and you've got all these other diseases, but the, one of the biggest killers is alcohol abuse and watching people suffer from that. It doesn't click in the beginning. I feel like most things you just, it's that that's not going to happen to me. And you don't realize mm. that that was the lifestyle that you're leading. Mm. So I think it just, I just made the decision to start to wean back to just, you know, not drink every night of the week. Mm. But uh, it really was, I mean, having a baby, I went through IVF to get pregnant with my first baby. So I remember doing the IVF stuff and thinking I, I'm not going to drink anymore and because I was smoking earlier on in my 20s as well. But 
yeah, I'm not going to be drinking and getting wasted while I'm going through all of this IVF stuff. So I really reined it back then and mm. that was fine. But, I, I mean, I remember they would say, like, even a few of the, the cycles, if they didn't work, people, even my friends would be like, just get pissed, Jenny. Like, just get pissed and, you know, you'll, you'll just relax a bit more. And, like, it's just amazing, like, the people that you surround yourself with that were sort of saying those things to make you feel like like if you got drunk that you're more likely to get pregnant. I don't pregnant. know, it was just like a random, <laughs> I, remember them, I remember them saying that. Well, anyway, so... I guess it was that whole baby making process that really started to change me a little bit. Yeah. And then having a baby because I did get pregnant and having a baby. And then, yeah, after I stopped breastfeeding, I think I, I drank again. Like I drank wine, like a couple of glasses of wine, like at least one, probably one glass of wine a week when I was pregnant wow, with my yeah. first. Yeah. Yep. You know, my, even my mum would say everything in moderation. That's what the doctors used to say to me. okay well you know like in the old days too they used to say to the my nana would tell me like you know to have stout and things like that yeah when I was pregnant like what it's like it's good for your iron I'm like really yeah I know for me being pregnant was the only was the first time where I'd got to have a decent break without alcohol I didn't drink in my pregnancies or smoke I used to be a shocking smoker and then when I got pregnant with Sunny our first I stopped smoking and I was so shit scared to start again. I was just so careful. I didn't want to, cause I'd tried to quit for years smoking. And so um, pregnancy can be a really great diversion. And I was in a mother's day podcast the other day and so many women would have a baby and then just their drinking would go through the roof mm. after, you know, just from the stress as well, you know, so after they finished breastfeeding or even whilst they were still breastfeeding. Yeah. I remember pumping and dumping all the time with my second, <laughs> you know, when you try you, that head fuck of trying to figure out, oh my God, now is it while I'm drinking it's okay <laughs> to breastfeed or is it, you know, trying to but figure how out. How long do I have to wait? Blah, blah, yeah, blah, Googling yeah. that. Oh yeah. God, nightmare. Anyway, digressing. So, Okay, so you've had the baby and you're yes. sort of starting to moderate then. Yes, yes. Mm. And I remember there was I was pumping and dumping too. Like there was a couple of occasions where I, I went out with people and thought, well, I've got to go out and move out of the, the mum hat zone and go out and have a bit of a party with the friends. And I remember coming home one night and sitting on the couch and, yeah, pumping. And I think I was on the phone to one of the girls just slurring and just like <laughs> videoing myself like pumping and uh, I just – yeah, that was not a very pretty side at all, Yeah, especially when I knew that I struggled to get milk. So I was just like, yeah, expressing and throwing it down the drain. But um, Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, it was after that that I, yeah, I started to focus on getting my health back on track more so from a physical perspective. I was, I went and started to see, uh, I was seeing an osteo and doing Pilates while I was pregnant. So it felt really great in the pregnancy, doing a lot of exercise. I've always worked out. I've always, you know, I've, I've gotten the exercise thing down pat, but it was the the lifestyle around that, which was not in balance. And uh, I'd, I'd been seeing an osteo doing this Pilates and I went back to that uh, probably about six or so months after I had Stevie, my daughter. And, yeah, I I think from being around those people, like it was like a new bunch of people there, like sort of very well-being, like well-being focused. And mm. like Emily, who was my Pilates instructor, 
uh, she was going on her own personal health journey where she was transforming herself. Like she was losing weight. Um, she looked incredible. Like she used to always have quite bad skin and I watched her skin clearing up and everything. And I sort of reached out to her and asked her what she was doing. And she was talking about that she was really focused on her nutrition and using this nutrition plan and everything. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. So I kind of went into focusing more on what I was putting in my mouth more. And I was around someone who was really focusing on that too. So Mm. it started to, I guess, I don't know, when I started to feel the difference from when I, what I was eating, I was having really nice smoothies and I was supplementing with, you know, plant-based nutrition, like all this stuff. I actually started to feel amazing. So those feelings of, when I was like drinking every night, waking up groggy, like I started to feel clear headed. I just started to feel the difference, you know? So I, I guess I got that belief that, hey, if I do less of that and more of this, I'm actually going to feel better. I'm presenting as a better mum. I'm, you know, just, yeah, feeling more confident in myself. So I was, I dropped body fat. I was feeling strong, you know, all these things. So that kind of was weaving in and out of still the party lifestyle. So the partying still crept in um, quite a bit, but uh, I was definitely feeling a lot better with, you know, how I was feeling in myself, just focusing on my nutrition and everything. So, yeah, I I guess that's really how it started to like spiral me out of it. Mm. But one of the biggest things that happened there, though, is a lot of the friends that I hung around with at that particular time, well, actually they were my best friends from like for years who I would be partying with, I was out with all the time. Uh, They didn't like the idea of me not coming out as much, you know, like I used to get a lot of resistance from them. Like I could feel it even though they didn't say it necessarily all the time. There was definitely resistance there because I was the party animal. I was the one that was up on the podium. I was the one that was encouraging them to have the shots like I was I was the one that caused all the trouble and then all of a sudden now I'm starting to pull back and and not do as much of that anymore and they saw that I was hanging around with these other health conscious people and I just remember it's like that like the tall poppy syndrome Mm. you know Mm. no 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 you're not going to go that way we don't want you to change so yeah Uh, be really challenging for friends and it comes up all the time with people that sober curious and it's often one of the main things that stops people it's worrying about what their friends will think and especially if you have this label or association that you have for yourself which is that I'm the party girl you know I'm the one that everyone you know relies on for the party I'm the one that gets the party started on the podium or I'm up on the the tabletops dancing Mm. So when you try and rip that label off yourself, your friends are going, what the fuck? You know, like, where's our friend gone? And I guess that's natural, but that is a really hard thing to navigate. So how, how did you navigate your way through that? Because it's, it's something that comes up a lot and I get questioned a lot from people about that. Yeah. So over the, those couple of years, um, as I was hanging around with, you know, Emily and this community of people that were all really health focused and health driven They did a lot of personal development. I started to read more personal development books and I started to really sort of work on myself and my thoughts. And the thought of actually going out and drinking and getting drunk started to become like this thing that I was just repulsed by. Like, and I I thought I would think back to the way that I was and the things that I had done 
and the, the shame that I felt for so many years, that cycle of like Sunday, Monday itis that I just, like, I just didn't want to have a bar of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a just there was three of my best friends, full uh, females, um, within a fairly short span of each other. It was like maybe only a couple of months apart. Which, you know, when you know subconsciously that you're growing apart from people, and I could just mm-hmm. tell that they probably weren't the people I needed in my life anymore. But it was really sad, and I kind of was grieving it before it actually happened. But all three of them, in some way, basically sent me either an email or a text message, basically like they were dumping me as a friend. And this is in my, That's rough. Like I'm, I'm 30, what am I, 38 now, nearly 39, and I would have been in my th- early 30s at the time. And I remember I was shocked at like the, the delivery and just thought, you know, so it was quite a hard process to, to deal with, but I knew it was actually for the best deep down. I think I'd done enough work on my mindset that I just thought this is just the way that it's going to have to be for now like whatever happens down the track happens but I Mm. I actually when I'm with them I feel like that we are on a completely different page now so it was hard it was heartbreaking especially one of my bridesmaids in my wedding doing it and even to this day like we're actually not really in each other's lives we'll send each other birthday messages and they're, they're there but because I'm not that person that I was back then it's like they just said back you're cut off done it, that's so that's so rough because you think that you like you expect that your friends want you to improve and grow as a person and so when your friends that you think you know are so great and so wonderful and have your back they're not there to support you on your growth journey it's like it's quite shocking Mm. and I think a lot of us go through that um I did with certain friends you know there's this saying that friends are for a reason a season or a lifetime and I think when you quit alcohol it definitely weeds all of that you know you can see who's there for the lifetime who was there for a reason who's there for a season and it's okay too. I think I always say to everyone, it's okay. It, it can be a lonely time at first too. You're lucky because you already had a bit of a tribe, but I always say to people, don't worry, the tribe will come. They will come. It's not, you know, it's, they're not going to come if you sit there in your lounge room and, you know, kind of sit there watching Netflix all day. But it sounds like you had reached out to a community as well, yeah. which is so fantastic. And then yeah. I think it happens a lot too where we have, I was saying this on a podcast a few weeks back, where it's like sometimes we have our foot in both worlds for a while and we, you know, we swing back and forth, swing back and forth. Yes. But you do get those glimpses of, no, you know what feels good, you know what feels right for you. And to go back and to fill yourself up with that toxicity, it it doesn't sit right as well as it used to anymore. Or you don't feel like you can laugh it off as much anymore. Mm. It's like, no, this is this is not what I want. Like because it's so much better, isn't it? When you get over to the other side, it's like, oh I could never go back to that. And and I love the fact that because I had the strength enough at the time to not go back and just fall back into like, well, I don't want to lose them as friends. So I'll just go and conform to what they want me to be. It was like these people over here, they're actually, it was more than just health and nutrition. It was ambition. It was um, a a business opportunity. It was a, a whole community of people that were just positive and as I compared them to even my nursing career and my old friends and so many things, I just felt myself completely being pulled by this 
this this tribe, as you call it, this squad. Yeah, because you you want to be elevated. I think the more you go on your own wellness journey, the more, you know, like I was saying, you see how good that feels. And if we don't grow, what the opposite of growth is decay or dying, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's great to be able to, and to just be able to go, okay, like just release those people that are, are holding you back. But it's just so unfortunate that so many people will stay in that cycle just to please other people, even yeah. though when it's not sitting right for them. Yeah. It's that people-pleasing thing that so many of us have. So yeah. Just hats off to you for just going, okay, no, this is what I'm doing. Because yeah. it's easy to fall back into what's comfortable. And Definitely. And if friends are feeling threatened, you've just I think I would say to everyone, just be beware of people that are threatened by you wanting to elevate yourself. If that's not sitting well with a friend, I would start to pull back and question the friendship for sure. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I did. I mean, that's why I just thought this is obviously for a reason. And yeah. like those people are not going to be there to serve me from this moment forward. So, and they're still there. They are still there. But when I think about what they're doing now with their life, that they're still in exactly the same place as they were like, you know, um, six, seven years ago. And to think the direction that my life's taken, there's no way I would have come down this road having my own business and I've I've resigned from my nursing career and just become this completely different person, Mm. which which I know that they wouldn't have probably been able to cope with anyway at all. So, um, you know, now it's just over this way. I'm following these people. They're doing amazing things. They're helping people. It's it's all very health and positivity focused, which is what's pulled me out, pulled me forward. Yeah, yeah. And they say that you are the product of the the five people that you hang around. Yes, yes. So you want to choose wisely. So it sounds like you've made it some decision for yourself well one of the um one of the things that happened when I started to uh, work I started to work with these guys in this wellness community and one of my best mates she actually started to come on that journey with me in the beginning and I watched her completely transform herself she dropped like 15 kilos and she got off her antidepressants and she was feeling amazing and that was one of the big things that spurred me on even more to want to pursue this career in nutrition and mindset and wellness and all that stuff because I saw my best friend transforming herself it was that like that nurse in me like just Mm. seeing someone else make those positive changes yeah even though I knew that I'd already done it for myself I saw the power that that had on someone else but then she unfortunately was what with a guy that was not in on the same page as her and she's kind of spiraled backwards and she's one of the ones that ended up messaging me saying that like we're on different pages you do what you do I'll do what I do see you later but what she doesn't realize is I have shared her story that many times in front of thousands of people on stage in workshops in all these different things that she doesn't realize how much of an impact that her little short journey of transformation has spurred me on to this like you know this career that I'm now having so yeah well hats off to you because I just think that's amazing that you had the strength to just go nah and what so what advice would you give to people who are feeling that same kind of pressure I think it's just really important that you do find the people to surround yourself with that are a positive influence in your life. I think we know who they all are, but I think when you're in that kind of drunken alcohol state, you don't choose to see those people because you don't you don't want to kind of escape out of that that drunken life like lifestyle that you're in. You know, you have to kind of make a decision to want to be able to help yourself and 
you know, having goals. I think one of the biggest things for me was actually like creating some goals in my life that I wanted to achieve as well, where I was going and what I was doing at at those dark times. And Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when I was just coasting along with life, there's a good 10 years where I was just doing the same thing, like week after week after week, and there was actually no end goal in sight. There was nothing I was actually working towards from like a financial, a physical just anything like my, my whole life was just coasting along for such a mm. long time. But then once I, I started to work on my mindset, read some personal development books, I was around positive people. I learned how to set goals and mm. having that as a driving force that, you know, places that I wanted to go, people who I wanted to meet, you know, financial goals, you know, who, who I could become as a person, you know, just having some, some solid things. Like one of my big goals is to be able to, you know, retire my parents one day. Like they've been working their whole lives and they're still working now. They're, I mean, they're in, the, in their mid-60s, but they've got no real retirement plan for their life. You know, they're just working, right? So I'd yeah. love to be able to create a way that I can support them to make the decision or choice that they don't have to work anymore. So I love that. So it's just like for me, it was just, yeah, association, personal development and mindset, but just and having some goals in life. Like what are we actually wanting to achieve? I remember we did actually, this is a bit freaky. We did this exercise once in a, a workshop and it's like you had to sit there and almost write your own eulogy. I know that sounds really deep and morbid, but it's like, what do you want to actually be remembered mm. by? Like, what do you want to be remembered as? Like, what will those people at your eulogy get up and say about you? Yeah. And it was just such a powerful thing to think what I was doing before. Like, uh, I mean, there might be some good stuff in there, but like, like what else could I become? And it, like, not drinking and being sober and not being in that life cycle of destruction from a mindset perspective especially and shame and all that like you know what's the person who I could become so yeah I guess that was a big part yeah I think being remembered as the life of the party is is kind of good but (laughs) it's not (laughs) really you can still be the life of the party that's the thing you can still be the life it was exactly terms with that that you didn't have to be drunk to be the life of the party 
Yeah, I know. Uh, exactly. And you still totally can be, and you can also still not be as well. I think one thing with sobriety and becoming really aware of who you are and getting to know yourself is that sometimes you will feel like being the life of the party and, you know, have a dance, have a boogie, do all that. And then sometimes you'll be a bit more contemplative and sit, just talk and really connect with people. But the great thing is, is that either way, you're not waking up the next day feeling like, fuck, what have I done? You're just waking up feeling content and happy and healthy. (laughs) And remember the conversations and and actually, um, you know, create relationships from going out and being around other people and not destroying them or, yeah, I think there's such a big difference, yeah. Yeah, totally, absolutely. So, okay, so you've sort of got your foot in both worlds still at this point. And so what was the moment where the pivotal moment where you said, right, I'm done? I had not been drinking for a period of time. So I had really been focusing on my, on my health and exercise and I was on that sober track. But there was an event that happened, which was my sister's wedding. Oh, can I just ask a question? How long yeah. had you been sober for leading up to the wedding? Probably a good year, a good year or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was her wedding. So a lot of a lot of her friends, like they were all big party animals too. Like my sister was like a massive party animal. And going to her wedding, I was a bridesmaid. I had my second child, Jet, and he was six months at the wedding. And my daughter was a flower girl at the wedding. So it was a big ordeal. And I had been with the, the bridal party the whole day. And I was like, well, this is going to be a day where I'm going to have a couple of drinks. Like if I'm going to have some drinks, it's going to be at my sister's wedding. And it was on May the 6th, 2017. And we started drinking champagne at about 10 a.m. as you do while you're getting ready. And I just remember, yeah, by midday there was champagne, there was other substances being flown around it was like the the old me had just like transported itself back to in my body that, on that particular day. So my husband was looking after my daughter and my son and like there's a lot of the family there. But yeah, I got absolutely wasted. Like it was just this stock standard old school Shani that had just come out. And it was funny. There were so many people there like, Shani's back. And it was like this whole like, like oh this God. celebration of me coming out of drunken retirement. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. And it wasn't like I was the most horrendous where everyone was was drinking and everyone was partying. So it was a massive night and it got to like 9 o'clock and Paul was like, my husband was, you know, we're going to, I'm going home, I'm going to take the kids home. And I'm like, you know, fuck off, I'm not going home. It's my sister's wedding. Like this is what I would have done, you know, years ago. Mm. And so he left and took the kids home and I stayed and partied until God knows what time I was, I ended up spewing in, I was like my sister was in her wedding dress in the bed next to me. Like it was just disgusting. But the things, the things that we do that was kind of normal back in the day. And I woke up in the morning and just felt so bad. Like just like, what the hell have you done? Like you've done it, you've gone and you've, this is what you wanted to, you know, move away from. And I had to drive home for 45 minutes in the car to get home. And it was the most disgusting drive. I was so hungover and I just struggled to get down the freeway. Just it was awful. 
And one of the biggest things that happened is I walked in that door uh, and my husband was at home just looking at me with that face that I just remembered so clearly. And he just looked at me and he said, no one changed Jet the whole entire wedding. And Mm. I nearly died. Like that was that moment of like I have not been able to be there as a mother for my six-month-old. I didn't even know who he was with or what he was doing. But Paul was like the whole car seat was completely drenched with his urine because his nappy was so full that no one had changed his nappy from the moment that they got to the wedding until he drove them home at 9, 9.30 at night. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, the shame from that was just enough to, like, make me hit a rock bottom at that particular moment. And that was it. That was the moment. You know, you've got to hit that rock bottom sometimes to get the biggest punch in the face ever to then just go, like, that's it. So I never, that was the point. I'm just like, I cannot be that person. I can't feel like that again. Like I'm, I've come so far and to let myself go back there again, it's just not acceptable. So that was the moment and I haven't wow. drank since. So. Oh, wow. That is incredible. So that's like four years, coming up to four years. Four years, yeah. Well, can I just, why didn't your husband change the baby's nappy? <laughs> Good question. I know. But at the time, all I could think about was the massive mum guilt and he probably <laughs> could have. Yeah, where, where, was, like- where was my mum? <laughs> she was there. <laughs> I know. I mean, he might have got changed once for all I know, but that's what he said to me when I walked in the door and that's all I could feel and, you know, yeah. that's all I heard. Oh, well, it worked. So it worked. So, Yeah. That was it. Oh, wow. So how did you, so obviously you, you already had a lot of tools in the toolbox to, to go, that's it. So it was just like full steam ahead on the wellness journey pretty much or did oh, you from have there? To, yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that took me like a good couple of weeks from a mindset perspective to really get myself back on track and not have that real negative self-hatred continually cycling around in my head because that just really like knocked me for six so Mm. I mean I was through our community we were actually we would run um, personal development and mindset workshops every Monday night so I mean I went to one on that Monday night and I was uh, that's right I guess this just came to me now I was actually up for the speaker like I had to speak on that Monday night and deliver a workshop and I was just in such a bad state I remember I nearly lost the plot from just you know the self-talk and everything but I got through it but you know every Monday night personal development workshops I just threw myself into it just to sort of pull myself back out and Mm. you know what I say is like the, the best way to get move yourself forward from things like this is you have to help someone else yeah such a like that's what I love doing what I do in terms of that like that wellness and that personal like personal coaching and helping people with their own mindset and health and everything is that whatever you're going through if you actually just invest that energy into helping someone it really does just turn you into this state of gratitude and you just feel so much better yeah Absolutely, because it comes so it it takes the focus off yourself and it becomes so much more than just you. Yes, and um, I couldn't stress that enough to people that you know just to go and be of service in some way. Yes, um, makes all the difference. 
it's as simple as like helping someone cross the road, like yeah. you know, with their um, their shopping, like an older lady, or you know, giving someone some change if they need it. Like it's just something it could be something so simple. Just being on yes. the lookout for opportunities to be able to help people. So that's fantastic. And so tell me a bit about what you do, like about the the coaching and everything nutrition and wellness yeah. and all that stuff yeah so mm. I know it's, it's amazing how things just evolve so from that osteo and pilates instructor that I met when I was pregnant uh her and her husband were building this incredible community where we were doing education on nutrition and personal development free exercise like just a way to be able to provide this like almost like positive like progressive hubs for people to come in and like plug into so they could become healthier and happier versions of themselves. It was amazing. Like these little, we were working out of lifestyle centers. So I got introduced to this community through Emily and yeah, I just, because I went on my own personal health journey myself and felt how good it, like I felt how good it feels to just be healthy and exercise and just, I know, just find more of a, I hate the word balance because it's not really balanced, but you know, you just, you know, when you feel more confident in yourself, like I wanted to be able to pass that on to others. So that's how it kind of evolved with that story about Renee and her evolving her own, like transforming herself, sorry, like that feeling of being able to help her then went on to my sister-in-law. So my sister-in-law completely transformed her life by coming and checking out this community and she lost 22 kilos and she is a mum with four boys on the autism spectrum. So she went from this really like horrendous life of obesity and self-destruction, just trying to look after her boys as a single mum to then like losing 22 kilos, working on her mindset. She's now completed a book. She's She's got her own smoothie bar, which we'll talk about the smoothie bars, but she's got her own smoothie bar. She's just this empowered woman now. And I, so seeing other people have these wow. life transformations, I just wanted to learn more about it. So, yeah, I mean, I started to attend workshops, learn about nutrition, uh, just, yeah, helping people. So it was just, yeah, this massive transition that pulled me away from my nursing career. Mm. So, you know, I didn't end up going back to my nursing career after I had my second baby. I went on mat leave and just realized that there was, yeah, I was no, no, there was no ambition there in my career. And I was around these ambitious people that had goals that were making this huge impact in the community. So I wanted to be a part of that. And I was not really going anywhere in my nursing career. So I decided to go that way. Mm. And yeah, so now we've just evolved the community that we're, you know, I've got my own healthy nutrition smoothie bar. I live in Melbourne. Uh, It's just. Where's the smoothie bar? Uh, So it's um, a place in Melbourne called Greens Bar. It's right near Montmorency. And yeah, so it's about two minutes from my house, which is amazing. But it's just. What's it called? That's DV Nutrition. So DV stands for Diamond Valley. Oh, cool. Nutrition. Yeah. Wow. So if someone wanted to plug into this community, yes. um, would they go to the smoothie bar or how does it work? Oh, is absolutely. It a so, <laughs> <laughs> well, some might say it is because if you're not like a healthy kind of a person, you come in, sometimes you can be taken aback by the energetic 
nature and the vibes of the place but it is designed for people to come down and it's not just about a customer service experience it's actually about a relationship building you know a full experience like you know you come in you have aloe vera shots you have energizing teas we've got all these like healthy nutrition smoothies and like it's just it's amazing to see the amount of people that come in on a daily basis and they keep saying we just love coming in and being around this place like it's it's just a really cool hub where people can come into if they're having a bad day it's like we always say we want to have people walk out feeling better than when they came in so that's one of our big mottos basically so yeah it's been amazing we've only been open for it's not even six months we opened in stage four lockdown last year (laughs) which was it was actually a blessing (laughs) so yeah, everyone was in 5K radius zone. So I did a lot of social media and Instagram. So you can follow the Instagram page to see the address and the DV Nutrition Insta page or Facebook. But um, we had a great following before we opened. So once we opened the doors, it was just on for young and old. So Unbelievable. That is yeah. so cool. So if they wanted to, if so, just say, so I'm just trying to figure out how this works. So if someone yep. wants to come and they get a smoothie and they get the aloe vera shot and then how do they then go into the fitness side of things? Yeah, okay. So we've got like things in the smoothie bar, which, you know, we do little three-day kickstart challenges and little workshops online and things where people can, if they want to, um, be set up for like a little three-day challenge where they can use the smoothies and teas at home. They get personally coached, they get a meal plan and they get introduced to our community that way. So, you know, we've got customers that are just coming in for their, their, their smoothie experience on a daily basis. And I've got people that want more. So it's just a really cool way to connect, find out what people want, what are their goals and just showing them the different options that are available. I mean, we've got like before and after photos on the walls and like it's a really wow. inspiring kind of a place so um people That's incredible just, yeah people naturally just talk about health and what they're doing or what they're not doing so it's it's kind of an easy conversation if you know what I mean oh my yeah. god next time I'm down I yes. am coming in that just sounds so amazing to come. <laughs> please open one in Byron Bay that would be the best it would be amazing in Byron. Byron Bay, oh my yes. god you'd have Chris Hemsworth in there slamming <laughs> aloe vera <Okay>. shots <laughs> <laughs> that is just absolutely brilliant yeah wow it's pretty fun. so fun well i definitely say to anyone that's listening if you're in the greensborough eltham that area definitely go and check it out because that just sounds absolutely incredible and oh my god like oh do you do anything on a saturday night <laughs> are you open on a saturday night uh, no <laughs> shame <laughs> You should have like Saturday night things so sober people can go and like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Saturday do nights I'm at home like watching movies with the kids now. <laughs> <laughs> things have changed. Things have changed. Wow. What a great journey. What an awesome outcome. So good. Oh, yeah. it's just absolutely brilliant. And you look you're like you're probably the most healthy looking person I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> I need this smoothie bar in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know well, um, your sister is definitely one of our biggest fans. So, you know, Nat comes down and she's been bringing her friends down and she's got a very kind of health and fitness group of friends as well as her like lifestyle too, but she's loving it. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, that was that's exactly, she told me about it. And I was just like, oh, wow. She, I remember she was going down there with my niece, Abby, and just like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to this place. It's so awesome. Yeah, I know. She's great. And, like, you know, she's lost a couple of kilos and, you know, Abby's been losing it. She's lost a couple of kilos and feeling incredible. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's absolutely fantastic. Just got to get Nat off the piss now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm having yeah. no luck there. No, but that's all right. It's all her journey. She can hang She's... around me for a bit. She's been, you know, we've been talking a lot more, so you just never know. I might rub off a little bit on her. I'm sure you will. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, that's amazing. So I will put links to your Instagram and everything in the show notes and the address, if you could send me over the address for, yeah. for the nutrition bar. Thank you. And so it's a group of nutrition bars. Is that correct? Yes, there's other a few around. around. Yeah, there is other ones around, but um, okay. yeah, there, there's a few around Victoria. So wow. yeah, it's pretty Please cool. Please do one up here. It just sounds so cool. Yeah, I just love that too. That there's a community because often what people are looking for, especially when they're sober curious, and like we were saying before, if they've got the friends that aren't, you know, that aren't feeling good about them changing their life, to be able to tap into a community where you can become your you know the best version of yourself mm. is so cool and it just takes that pressure off and you find your tribe and I, I have been getting a few messages from people lately that have been saying I've, I've been doing this I'm a few months in and my friends aren't loving it and I'm feeling really lonely and when's my tribe going to come someone said to me the other day where, where is my tribe I'm like oh they'll yeah. come yeah yeah but you do have to put yourself out there don't you you have to Definitely. kind of yeah try yeah. and you've got to have the balls to kind of just go and build relationships with other people as well you know just know that there is other people out there that you know are on the path that you want to be on so you just got to find them and be open to connecting with new people that's right you've got to be open that's exactly right you've got to be open to connecting and and just yeah be willing I guess yeah yeah I said to one of them the other day why don't you try and join like a um a bushwalking group or something. And I felt like such a dag even saying that. <laughs> but I have to say, like, this is like my weekends involve a lot of bushwalking these days. And, yeah. you know, That's I haven't bought it. the shoes yet. I haven't bought the shoes. I haven't gone that far. <laughs> oh, I love it. I know it's like go and do like a photography course or something. No, but there's so many things out there. And if you had have said to me back then that you're going to be around these people and doing this, there is no way I would have believed you. And I was so content with my friends and who I was surrounded by back then that like if you told me that it was going to all end in that area and be this, I would have said you've got rocks in your head. So it's just amazing what can happen and how things can evolve when it's just like a it's like step by step. It wasn't just like poof, here we go, we've got this brand new life. It was just like little bit by little bit, just building that confidence to know that you don't need to have alcohol in your life to have an awesome life. Absolutely, and just trashing yourself on the weekend. What a great yep. contrast, isn't it? Yeah to see that yeah. difference and I just think yeah it's it's just incredible well that is so cool I'm just I'm inspired I want to open a smoothie bar <laughs> well, we need we, we want to open more so <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just brilliant and okay and then you're saying you're reading a lot of books we'll wrap up in a second but um yeah. what what would be if you could pick any book what would be a book that you would suggest for people to read that sort of changed your life or helped change your life? Oh, God, there's so many. One of the early ones that I remember I was reading around the time that I it was my sister's wedding was a Robin Sharma book, which was um, the leader who had no title. 
Is that the name of the book? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So Robin Sharma is like, I just love him. He, he has also written The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and The 5am Club. Oh, I've, se- I've seen The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I have not read it. Is that a good read? Oh, it's, you would love it. You would absolutely love it. It's it's like quite a spiritual journey. Like he, he's, he shares his books in like story concepts. So it's, yeah, I love it. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that sounds great. If you could go back and give your younger self some advice, let's say 21-year-old Shani, what advice would you give her if you could sit with her? <laughs> the question. I think the, one of the biggest things that I would tell her back then is just to be more open, be more open now because you just don't know what is there in front of you. Like, yeah, I was such a closed, stubborn 21-year-old that, yeah, I was just on that road and there was no, I had blinkers on and there was just no views of anything else except for that. So I think just, you know, being more open and accepting other people into your life, friends, people around you, like I just, yeah, yes. I, was, I was so stuck. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel the same. Like I look back on my life and I think oh, so many people I I kind of scoffed at or judged or I thought, oh, they're boring, you know, and I didn't give them a chance really. And now I look back on that and I think, geez, what a, what a shame because, you know, there's so much more out there. And if, yeah. if we are open to sort of see other ways of living as well, rather than being stuck in this, I'm only going to party on the weekends, you know, it, it seems so scary, I guess, back then, or I don't know what it is, but we. I think it's just immaturity. Like a lot of it's immaturity as well as, um, I feel like that now as we get older, like you just become so much more interested in other people and you know that you can learn so much from other people that you're, you listen to them. Like, you know, if you're ready for that, you listen to them. Whereas back then you're only like a lot of the times you just care about yourself and what you're doing. You're not really, you're not really getting to know people on a deeper level. I think as we get older, we want to know more about people because we've all got lessons in life that we can share that is going to all like it's going to help each other propel us forward. We've still got so much life left of us. So if we could just open, listen, ask good questions, we're going to develop ourselves so much more. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. And that is what sobriety gives you, I think, because the connection with people is so much stronger and you are yeah. listening. You're not just on your own egocentric, blah, 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 mm, yeah. me, 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 me trip. And you are sitting and, and just, yeah, listening and learn. Like you say, learning. That's so great. I hadn't even thought about that. But, yes, learning from other people is a real gift. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people will learn from you. So I just, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the story. And I hope people go down and check out DV Nutrition. I know I will be. <laughs> thank Sounds you so much. Freaking amazing. And um, yeah, I'll, as I said, I'll post in the show notes all the information, how people can reach out to you. And just thank you so much for being so open and sharing your story. Amazing. Thank you for having me, Danny. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. I'll see you soon. Definitely. Thanks, Shani. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.